You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Bucka, 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 bucka. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of Can We Talk? This is Eric McLeod, and I have the usual suspects with me today. Going from left to right, I got Anthony, Shane, and Marquise. What's going on today? How you doing? Good. Doing good, doing good. Uh, once again, Instagram shout out at Reluctant Movie Buffs on Instagram, but I'm doing good. Thanks for shouting me out. That's nice. How you doing, Shana? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, Instagram RBG, that's mm. A R E underscore B E E underscore J E E. Okay. Yeah, you got a request to follow her. Yes. Yeah. She's pretty elite. <laughs> I need to follow you. <laughs> so none of y'all watched the fight this past weekend, so I can't even talk about it. But we expected it was going to happen. It was going to happen. It anyway. is what we thought it was. Like the like the NFL coach said, right. they are who we thought they were. It was all rigged. We knew it. I mean, they got a lot of money from it, so I ain't even mad at them. You know, they made what a hundred million for for McGregor, about three hundred million for Mayweather. It's a good day, <laughs> a great day. So today we're going to talk about a taboo topic, and that is the N word. Don't and this hammer, don't kill him. This, don't this, hurt him. I was just thinking about this on the car, car ride here. I'm like, you know, there's so many ways we can go with this. And I was doing a little research, looking at the history of the N word. It's such a polarizing word. You know, some people it, it can cut like a knife, and sometimes it can it can smooth over some situations. <laughs> <laughs> so, from that, let's talk about the biggest thing that people say is is, is just a word. Uh-huh. You know, it's just a word. You don't have to worry. If you don't put any you know, any energy into that word, if you don't feed that word, it's just a word. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, what are y'all thoughts about the use of the N-word, the history of the N-word? I mean, there's different events through my life that I wanted to, like, bring into this podcast. I'm not going mm-hmm. to give you a monologue. I'm going to choose different avenues to discuss okay. what. But, you know, I guess, the, the like, the earliest memory I have of it, like, really affected me. Because we got to talk about this in binary terms, you mm-hmm. know, nigga and nigger. Right, know? right. I believe there needs to be binary sections on what we refer to. Yeah. And, you know, I remember being in high school, you know, I, as you know, I'm a film buff. You know, my favorite director growing up was Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So I saw a movie called Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's about a mobsters and, you know, a robbery gone wrong. It's a classic film. But there's just a scene where there's these two mobsters in a the room. They're arguing, and then one of the mobster comes in and says, Stop it, guys. You're acting like a bunch of niggers. You want to look like a bunch of niggers? Stop it. You know, and, and, you know, when I was young, I was looking at this like, like, damn, man. I mean, like, I know this isn't what Tarantino thinks, but, like, why why is characters got to be so ignorant? So, you know, I, I, I looked at that, and as I got older, I don't watch that film anymore because it, it really does bring a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. But, um... When you look at something like that, or if you look at something like Django, it's almost seemed as it's almost as if the word "nigga" is looked at as it's almost as if uh, Tarantino is fetishizing the word. Yeah, I can see that, and it, it's a love hate relationship with me because I do Kill Bill is my favorite movie of all time. Mm. You can't hear the word "nigga" in there. I don't think so, <laughs> but you know, I just I didn't like how he was fetishizing the word in that film, and even like the one funny scene in Pulp Fiction where he's like, you know, "Does my house say dead nigga driveway?" I don't know if you ever mm. saw that movie. Yeah, but yeah, you know. You know, I was going to add to that. For me, like growing up, I was always taught to never use the word period. Like I was in my house, you know, I would I would act like I was going to say it. My mom was like, no, I don't say that. You know, don't. And so for me, I always had this relationship with the word where I keep every time I hear or think about using it, it goes back, back to my mom, you know, saying, Eric, don't use that word. 
don't know if anybody else is like that, like your situation where you were, were you encouraged to say it? Or is it just something that just came up in conversation? Uh, was it something that was seen as, as a negative? What happened in y'all life? I mean, it was, it was definitely, uh, like a curse word. I was just told that it was a curse word, but I wasn't like told like why it was a curse word mm-hmm. when I was younger. So, you know, I didn't, of course, use it until I started listening to like rap and then, um, you know, hanging around like, you know, people my age and they were using it. Yeah. That's where it gets funny when it comes to rap. I was going to bring that up too. It's, it's one of those things like, and I think of my, I think this to myself all the time. Um, you know, the word is, I, I think I won't use it unless I, I'm in a situation where I'm describing something. Um, but why is it that we kind of, we kind of say that the, the age NIGGA is acceptable and NIGGER isn't. Even being a even being a black person, I feel like it's the same. It should be the same. Like it should be treated with the same weight. We shouldn't use it, regardless if it's you're a black person, you're a white person. I don't think you should use it. No, I I from the way I look at it, you know, and it's just from terms of someone that's non-black saying the word. Like um, I remember a comedian, Ari Spears, spoke on it, and um, you know, he said a white person said to him, well, "Why can't I say nigga? You know, I don't mean it that way." Mm. And he says, "Well, it's too much blood on it when you say it, because mm. where it originated from, you know, nigger." Yeah. And I remember something that Wale said on the track, because I can only speak from experiences and, and what I heard and what I tend to agree with. And where he says, you know, we took a bad word and we made it our own. Right. You know what I mean? We made it our own. And I know you can't legally own a word. And NAACP, I know they tried to burn the word, but obviously that didn't work. They tried to bury it. They tried to bury it once upon a time. But, you know, the way I look at it is that... Um, it's un it's unspoken social rules. It's like when we were talking yesterday when uh Keith and I kinda had like a little split agreement on um, you know, just the term of um uh careless not careless, uh what is it? Carefree. Carefree and just, you know, cautiously optimistic is I guess what I meant. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, you should know going to certain places you can't be this kind of way. You gotta be mm-hmm. a little cautious as a black man, you know what I mean? Right. White people or people of non blackness should know around certain Around people, you shouldn't say the word nigga. If you hear it in a, if you hear it in a song, just let it play and go over it. I know it sounds awkward, but I think there's unspoken social rules that go with that. I think so. Okay. Um, it's 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 kind of uh, funny because you know, growing up in a certain environment, in a certain neighborhood, um, yeah, you know, your parent tells you um, don't use that word, mm. but you hear it all the time. You right. know, um, I mean. Um, and Definitely. depending on where you are at any point in time, it can mean like you, like uh, Aaron said, something really good yeah. or something bad. You know, when I see when when I see somebody and I may meet someone and they say, um, "You know, Eric, <laughs> man, yeah, I know Eric. That's ma." Right. <laughs> right. right. Or you may meet somebody and they may right. say, "You might be like, hey, have you seen? You looking for somebody? Have you seen Eric? Because he because that." Owe me some money. <laughs> <laughs> you can use as a noun or an adjective. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I guess uh, you have to be. Um, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I'm kind of conflicted with the word. I, I, mm. I mean, to be totally honest, because me too. I know you shouldn't use the word, right. but I find myself using it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you use know? it like on a case by case basis. Like, I, I won't call you that. <laughs> Only when unless you're mad. it's like no, like <laughs> unless it's just like something like where like we're in conversation. It's like oh okay because 
I've run into times where, you know, I've been checked by black people like, hey, don't call me that. Hey, mm. don't use that word around me. I don't use that word. Right. So I just do it. And I'm not going to fight you to right. call you that mm-hmm. or argue with you so that I can use that word around you. I'm going to respect your wishes and just not, you know, use that word. Yeah, and there's... um. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there was you another did. experience. <laughs> I cut you off. I cut him off. Cut both of us now. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go. Right. No, no. I was going to speak from like two experiences in college. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it was around freshman or sophomore year. Um, you know, as far as hip hop goes, I was in my Wiz Khalifa phase. Yeah. You know, I was I was bumping a lot of his stuff, and um, there was a friend of mine. You know, a white friend of mine that was in the room with me uh, playing the music. And, you know, he had just blatantly said nigga while, while I was singing the song. And I had cut him a look. Like, you know, not not of like, uh, don't say that, but just like it befuddled me. Like, huh? He's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, it was just in the song. I I, I, I don't mean no offense by it. Mm. Now, I'm a little young at this point, so I'm just like, um, all right, whatever. Let's right. go. You know, like, I just I just shrugged it off. But later on, you know, I remember being older around like junior or senior year, you know, um, I was sitting next to a woman, a young white woman, and mm-hmm. she was my friend. And uh, she was recording. She was quoting the lyrics from uh, Jay Z and Kanye's "Niggas in Paris," mm. and she was like, "She was like, ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me." Oh, I'm sorry for cussing. <laughs> and, and and I was said to her, I said, "Hey, you know, be real with me for a second. I said, when you're alone in your room, do you say it? Probably. And you know, she kind of blushed, and she was like, um, well, yeah. And I, I remember I kind of laughed about it, but I was like, huh, okay. I said, well, you know, um. I, I can't tell you what you can say when you're by yourself, but just know you shouldn't say it when you're out and about. And, you know, I just yeah. try to break it down to her ton or, you know, just the social rules. And she was like, no, I know, I know. It's just, you know, eh. she just started blushing and said, yeah, I, I, I say it alone sometimes. And then we kind of just awkwardly left it alone. It's like it's such an awkward situation because obviously the the N-word in, in, in mass, in terms of pop culture, um, White people in general are the, are the most, the biggest consumers of especially hip-hop music. And so when you're at concerts, you know, I think we talked about this last week. You're in concerts, oh, yeah, you, you got an artist up. who says the N-word, and you're in concerts that are maybe 80, 70, 75%, 80% white, and you hear people saying it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do in that situation? You can't really do anything because it's in the song. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, they're just repeating the lyrics of the song. <laughs> and it's almost like, like, what do you do? You can't really react to it. It's, it's kind of hard. It's like it's a catch wing too. Like, you don't want to be that person like, just trying to like, oh, you can't say that, you can't say that. But then they justify it by saying, oh, they said it in song, so I can, you know, that gives me right to, right, to say it. So it's it's, it's tough. It's, 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 it's just funny though when you when we look back on our history, mm. you know, as as a culture, um, I I always say that nigga is the bro- little brother or cousin to nigger, yeah. you know. So, and it was it had a negative connotation to it, right. you know, when you look back in our history. I mean, when. When they were sicking dogs on us and and spraying water hoses, uh, you know, at us, they were calling us the, the niggas, you know. Right. And so, yeah, we took the ER off mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. put an A on the end of it. But historically, it has a negative connotation, and I can see how uh, maybe the the baby boom generation and uh, you know our grandfathers and grandparents, I can see how they feel so strongly mm-hmm. about us not using that word. Um, but, you know, I was thinking on the way over here and um, I was thinking about how, you know, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about how uh, African-American history is not embedded in the education uh, of our kids anymore. Right. 
And I think when you don't know where you come from shame. and you don't know your history, then you're, of course, you're going to be a little more open to accept something mm-hmm. uh, that someone may say. And our kids in this generation, and, and we we kind of come in, we would add, I guess, a little bit to this generation. You know, we learned a little more mm-hmm. about our history than these kids learn today. Um, we're a little more accepting because we tend to think that um, things aren't like they were back then. You know, right. back then, um, racism was in your face. It was plain. You know, you recalled a nigger to your face and you were told to your face that you were less than and made to feel less than. And now it's hidden. Mm. You know, now, now, you know, no one is, I mean, other than this, what we saw in Charlottesville a couple weeks ago, yeah. no one is actually like really walking up to your face on the job every day and calling you a nigger, right. you know, um, and we're not working in cotton fields anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there's inter- institutional racism going on. Mm-hmm. And so our kids don't really – a lot of times I don't think they understand where they come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I had a, a young man didn't even know about the four little girls that got bombed in the church down in mm-hmm. in, in the south back wow. in the, in the it 60s. It took me a while to learn about that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what I'm saying is when, when, that, when they blew that church up – they were calling little, those girls little niggers, mm, you know. Right. When you don't understand that history, it's kind of hard for you now to not want to use that word, yeah. you know, because you you don't really know why it's a bad word to use and why you shouldn't use that word. It's funny that he mentions that about um, African-American history being um, omitted from the education of young children because I, I remember when I grew up in middle school, we at least watched Roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, we at least yeah. watched um, a, a great documentary called Eyes, Eyes on the Prize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we at least watched those. But I don't even know if they're even showing those these days. They don't. That's a shame. They don't. You know, it's it's. Um, I was looking at uh, the Chris Rock uh, stand-up, and he was saying that black people, generally he just summed us being self-hate in terms of, um, he was like, Who, who's more racist, black people or white people? And he said black people because we hate ourselves just as much. Um, and he, he went to say, describe, you know, being black versus being a nigger. Right. And so he described yeah. the two and like how yeah. black people hate niggas. <laughs> so you can just look yeah. at, but he like also said that he, re- he regretted that joke, that yeah. black verse, like that black people versus nigg like niggas joke, because he said it kind of gave like, you know, racist white people a way to be like, well, I don't hate black people. I hate niggas. And then try right. to make it seem like, there's a section of black people that's less der- deserving mm-hmm. of respect and access to resources and things like that. I can understand how he could, how he could regret a joke like that. You know, comedy is tricky. Comedy is very tricky. But then again, you know, if you look at something like Northland Mall, mm-hmm. you know, that used to be, to me, when I was growing up, that used to be the mall, man. It used to be a great mall. Right. But then if you look at it, you know, it kind of it kind of became like, you know, just niggas took over, <laughs> you know, and less black people started going to it. Right. And I don't think... Uh, it's hard to say there's a difference between black people and niggas because it's just a joke at the end of the day. Yeah. But, you know. There I, are some black people that really feel that way. Like, I've gotten into the case where, like, people feel like it is. It is like a, like, like they're trying to argue with me that there is a, like, subsect of black people that don't mm. deserve respect. Um, and I don't, I don't believe that at all. Mm. I mean, I, I chalked it up as, as just self-hate. I mean, honestly, if you. I think if you if someone constantly says that you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, and you hear that constantly every single day, you sort of you absorb that. You absorb that that them saying that. And I think I mean, that sometimes you may take a slant where you take that term, we just say using the word stupid, and flip it around. 
use that as being a, a joke as opposed to being something that um, you know negatively affects you mentally. And so I think it's a lot of truth into that this word being so being mean being a means of self hate. Yeah, and, and I guess you know, and I and I know this is kind of uh, another topic uh, in terms of uh, self hate. Um, but it, it all ties in, in in some kind of way. Um, I was uh, reminded of one of my uh, mentees. Uh, many of you all know that I have a, a, a mentoring program, been around since uh, 2009. And, uh, you know, I've helped a great number of young men in the city of Detroit uh, to not only graduate from high school on time, but to go to college. Yeah. Um, and one young man who, um, you know, just um, – he had a rough go in high school, you know, um, and we had a rough relationship in high school because I couldn't quite get him to see the light, you know. And I knew that if um, he was exposed to something different other than his, you know, his environment and where he came from, mm-hmm. that it would could be the turning point in his life. And so um, he ended up going off to school and um, he met. Um, white people and, you know, began to uh, be in in a lot of situations where he was in a diverse, uh, it was in a diverse situation. And um, he just came back home this summer for the first time to stay this summer, Mm -hmm. this summer. And he was hated on Mm. by, he ran into hate from the very people that he was coming back to, that he was looking forward to coming back and finding and, 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 rekindling that friendship and that, you know, happy to be home. You know, this time when he came home, now he's being looked at as, well, you're a white boy now. Right, you ran off. You ran off and got a little education. Now you're a white boy now. Mm. And I I, I summed up the story or, um, you know, kind of gave the idea of someone who um, went away and got some good news. Mm Mm-hmm. Found out great news. And, of course, when you find out great news, you want to go back yeah, and you, you want to tell everybody yeah. about it. You want to share. I'm happy. I just found out some great news. Guys, mm-hmm. check this out. You can do this, too. Mm-hmm. But the very person that's sitting there that's not doing it and doesn't want to do it is the very same person that begins to hate on you yeah. and to remind you and say words to you like or phrases to you like, don't forget, you ain't nothing but a nigga. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you go. You still a nigga. And so the self-hate in terms of our own people mm-hmm. is very real. You know, I can think back to when I went to college and came back home to visit. Mm-hmm. You know, how people in that's, your community look at you That's totally a strange different. experience when you yeah. go to college and come back. And come yeah. back. Yeah. You find out. It's like you 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 walked into an awakening, like you've it's seen true. heaven. It's true. And then you come back home again with that good news. You want to tell everybody, like, man, I had a great time, man. I got a friend. I got white friends. I got Indian friends, man. I got Muslim friends. You think you friends. better than me? <laughs> you, you think you better than me. So the self-hate part is – the self-hate part is – is uh, no, but that's real, though, because that's exactly what you hear Yeah, is that yeah. you think you better. And it's not that you think you better. It's that – is is re- what you're really saying is no, brother. I love you, man, and I right. know you could go do the same thing I'm doing too. That's real. I they, remember they, one. They don't want to hear that. Go ahead. No, I was about to say. I remember when I first went off to college. That was one of the very first times in my life where I walked around, you know, the city and not had to like look over my shoulder, you know. And, I, and that that feeling was like, oh, it's like it's, it's freedom. You yeah. felt free, free. You know, you didn't have to worry about you know something happening. You had to look over, you know, look over your shoulder all the time. And I think his situation, the young man she was working with. You know, that's the situation of a lot of 
black people who go off to schools and come mm-hmm. back home. And it's just you you trying to figure out where you belong. Right, right. And sometimes it's easier for someone from the outside to say, oh, you you ain't in touch with the community no more. You ain't, you ain't with us. Not knowing that, you know, this is what's something to allow you to actually experience life outside of the confinements of the hood in many cases. And so that's real, man. That's that's. And you want to, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, I wanted to, um, you know, still be a part of, of, you know, as we call it, the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to be accepted amongst them, but right. you also want to be accepted, you know, in corporate America. And so, you know, like I was explaining to him before he went back, no one goes and pays thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to be dumber. Right. You know, no one goes to enroll in school, pay thousands of dollars to, to go and be dumber. Why would they expect you to come back home and be exactly the same mm-hmm. as you were before you left? And, you know, I was also telling him, and it's one thing that I had to learn, is not to look down on them. Yeah. Because if you think a little back, further back, you yeah. were once in those same conversations that now mm-hmm. you look at and say, man, that was so dumb, man. Mm-hmm. Y- y'all can do better than this, Definitely. man. What y'all on? What y'all thinking about? I used to be a part of them same conversations. And thank you. Thank God I had an opportunity that was given to me to go away. But the self-hate part, instead of us congratulating each other when we're doing well, the first comment that comes out is, you think you better. Mm. And that's when we get into this separation of nigga versus black man. Or, right. you know what I'm saying, black right. person versus nigga. You know, like like you said, like it's a subculture or something. There was... I, again, I, I keep talking from experiences, but back when I was a caddy, you know, when I was a young lad, you know, <laughs> work, working in the um, you know baking hot sun for my scholarship to MSU, there was a congratulate, there was a congratulatory um, ceremony, and there was a man, there was a um, there, was, there was a black businessman. I don't know his name. He just came on. He said, "Hey, you know, I remember being out in that sun, you know, slaving away, you know." Um, bag on my back and I'm telling you you know it, it was kind of like a it, of a it gets better kind of speech you know it was it was very strange for me yeah. as a kid but he was like you know um if y'all ever need you know a leg up in the corporate world if y'all ever need a job you know you know just uh um you know look me up and come see me after the speech mind you after that speech after the ceremony it was me and another guy waiting to talk to him and he's talking with this older white guy that he used to caddy for and he's like smooshing with him or whatever and he's like totally ignoring us, man. Like he's like giving like side glances to us, like oh, he's, he's little niggas trying to talk to me, you know. Like he, he didn't say that explicitly, but that was the look in his eye. Yeah. And so finally, we just kind of like dispersed and walked away. Like okay, I guess he was BSing. Mm. And I hated that, man. I just I just told myself at that moment, like that right there is a um, that's a nigga disguised as a um prominent black person. That's who yeah. that guy was to me in in that moment. You know, maybe I was wrong, but. I told myself I, I can't do nothing like that if I ever get to some to a stature mm. like his. You know, interesting thing that we learn, especially when we're going into the working world and off to college, is that ability to switch codes. You know, the code switch yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. being able to survive in the different situations. Right. And this is unique to a lot of minority communities where you have to you're, you're conforming, not really conforming, but you have to sort of cater to the majority population when need be, and then you have to switch that when you get to the 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 people you're around that you right, grew up with. Right. And so being able to successfully code switch is something that, you know, is something I had to learn. Um, it's something a lot of people in different situations that you're forced to learn at some point in your life. Um, and that even goes with the, with the, the talk of the N word, you know, when we, when we turn off and we are comfortable with the people we around, we a little bit more free to use 
you know, some of the terminology right, that we right. that we comfortable with. And that just shows you that um again, it goes back to the N word, you know, nigga, nigger, and how you have to sort of not really cater towards um your environment, but really be aware of your environment, where your your surroundings, what the norms are within that surrounding. It's, it, it, you're you're uh, you're dead on with that one. Uh, it's it's just it's very important, and it's it, it, because in my in my uh, time, I, I I must say, um, depending on you know, no, I, I think you just have to know who you are, right. And, you know, they say identity comes from the father. You know, your mm-hmm. father gives you identity. You know, you are a, a herring. Mm-hmm. And as a herring, we don't conduct ourselves this way. You have to constantly tell your kid that, you know, you are not a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right. You are a young black man. You are an African-American. You you are not a nigga. I mean, and we have to keep embedding that and embedding that in our kids. Mm-hmm. But the culture and the society in which they're living in right now, has made the word acceptable. Mm. And so, you know, it's almost like the B word, you know, Mm. when I was a kid, you know, even to say the B word, I know that's another subject, another topic, but to call a girl that, Mm. you might've got your ass whooped. Right, right. Right. (laughs) You know that, that, I mean, you, before you could get the itch out, you know, (laughs) she was on you, (laughs) you know, and I mean, you might've got suspended for school. Your Mm. mother found out that you had called a girl that it was over. Yeah. Now that's acceptable. You, you barely know. get scolded nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I, I think it's important. Again, it goes kind of goes back to parenting and in the home. I think it's important to um, teach our kids and especially our young men mm-hmm. that you are not a nigga, that you are an African American, and we have to embed that in them because they they don't they don't hear it everywhere they go. They feel like that's acceptable mm-hmm. to be called that. Well, I had a um, situation with my daughter. She's six, and last year she was in kindergarten, and she came, like, I picked her up from school. Like, first thing she told me, she said, Mommy, Mommy, she called me a nigga. She, she called me, and she called me and Richard niggas, and I didn't know how to, like, explain it to her because I didn't want to tell her, like, that's acceptable for somebody to call you that. I didn't mean, like, she, I, I knew that the little girl didn't mean it that way, but she took offense and I was I just told her, I said, next time, you know, she calls you that, just tell her that you're not a nigga and that she isn't one either. Mm. Mm. I do want to add that we're joined by Chels. Chels Lucas. Yes. Chels, hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. good. How are you? Good, good. So we have a discussion about the N-word, um, mm-hmm. the history of it, you know, sort of the uh, uh, how we use in our community. And so I mean, if you have anything you want to input, you want to add to it, you know, things about in your background. Um. I hate to say it, but like now I'm not really affected by it. Mm. Like it doesn't bother me to hear it, and I use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do understand the history. I know that it was a negative word, and now I'm just like my ears perk up due to context, mm. not just the word. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, because black people can use it in the wrong context when like when referring to other black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think personally, it 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 was used as a reassurance of. Sort of like identity, especially when we're looking at the 80s going into the 90s. It was looked at as being, you know, I'm I'm identifying as this. This is like with NWA. NWA, they came out, they proclaim, I'm, I'm a nigga with attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, this is who I am. This is my identity. And I think it was something with that 
where it did sort of um, scratch people the wrong way. But again, it was being used for decades before that. But I think it was the first time in the period of our country where people were like, I'm fine with being this. Right. You know, I think it was sort of a shift in, in gears towards more so using it as a form of who I am as opposed to, you know, a negative connotation. And so, I mean, good or the good or bad of you got to take it with uh, looking at both ways. But I think also if you say that you're this, people are going to stereotype you and it may not be rightly so, but they're going to stereotype you as being ignorant or being something that mm-hmm. you may not be. So that's that's just sort of, um, you know, like looking at the history of it. But I would just want to talk about how media has sort of perpetuated it in your mind. Media has made it totally okay for black people to yeah. say it and yeah. not anyone else, really. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, um, Shana and I, I think the media in terms of like, sure, I say like TV content, like maybe Atlanta, Dear Black People and Insecure, they kind of make it clear that, you know, it's it's, it's our thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I know Shana and I, we had an experience at a Chance the Rapper concert. <laughs> Where um, you know Chance the Rapper is big in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Where um, I mean, if you want to tell that story, you know. oh, I was just saying like he he said he didn't he wasn't really like aware, but when I went to see Chance the Rapper, like it was like major it was like the like the whitest rap concert I had ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> and they were just letting it fly like like it was nobody's business. But then on the flip side, when I went to see Kendrick. It was still, it was a lot of white people there, and I was surrounded by white people in my section, but they weren't saying it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like um, you were saying last week, like it's a different, like Kendrick has a different audience. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the people that listen to Kendrick, like the white people that listen to Kendrick know better. They know not to use that word as opposed to the the uh, people that listen to Chance the Rapper. Mm. Because it seems like Chance the Rapper is more inclusive. You know what I mean? Right. I think he seems as more inclusive. Like, hey, let's just have fun. He's so happy. Right. <laughs> He's so happy. He is happy. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's like the another Chris Rock joke. If it's in the song, it's in the song. Go ahead, have fun. Whereas that, whereas like if you look at Kendrick, it's like okay, I'm I'm being serious right now. I'm, I'm spitting dope lyrics, but you know, listen to what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in terms of you know those concert venues, and many times this is the few few instances where black people have the privilege to say something over someone else. And I think that when you get to a concert venue, it sort of blurs the line. So mm-hmm. it's almost deemed as acceptable. So you can say it. And they feel like, all right, I'm going to jump on and say it. Um, but otherwise, in terms of just, you know, societal, how we view it in society, it's, it's a privilege that black people have that other people don't. And I, so I think that's just something that they're not used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anytime that you're, you say that you can't get something or you can't do anything because it's wrong, only I can do this. Then it's so it's looked as being um, like why first they get defensive like why can't I I want to be able to say it too you know this is it, this is America it's a free country I can say what I want mm-hmm. um, so it was one of the few instances where they have to sort of feel like how we feel in many cases and then it's like it's almost like they seek our permission mm-hmm. to say it uh, like if you are at a party. And they listening to the rap music, right. and everybody's jamming, vibing out, and then it, they drop the bomb, and they like, <laughs> Look should I say it? <laughs> like, right. Can I say it? Is it okay? They try to improvise, like yeah. ah, right, make, make sound syllables or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like I uh, like I was saying earlier, I think it's a, it's just a work in progress. Uh, I think the older that I get, um, the more I'm you know starting to you know really understand that maybe I, I need to get that word out of my um, vernacular <laughs> mm-hmm. because uh, 
of the negative. I mean, let's look at it like this. If it's a negative word to say, I mean, if it's not such a negative word to say, then why do we have a problem with white people saying it? You know, and if you have if we have a problem with them saying it uh, because it has such a negative connotation to it, then maybe we should begin to take a stronger look at teaching our kids um, uh, um, a better way to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe use bro instead of you know brother or something instead of. I think we tried that. (laughs) <laughs> and, that, and that went we went hard with that for a minute and right. then that has kind of subsided but um it, to me it's just not a good look man when i see people of other culture using that word just mm-hmm. so strongly i mean uh, i saw one of my mentees at a party uh college party and they were playing um what's the guy that said he has uh, bodies from persian to cody uh, uh, t grizzly t grizzly <laughs> um, they was playing t grizzly at the party man and um you know he he letting them fly all the way through that song right and the white kids at the party was saying it right along <laughs> with him and they partying i'm like you know man we they having fun it's just tough right there because you like well they having fun mm. but at the same time they're having fun with a word that had a, a very um negative connotation to african-americans mm-hmm. you know man I, I i admire what you said about trying to get it out of your vernacular out of your system because you know i'm i'm the type i don't use the word but you know on occasion it might slip out you know but I, it slips out you know with responsibility mm-hmm. you know because i dude i love hip-hop to death you know and even my favorite conscious rappers like Nas, you know um kendrick or lupe mm-hmm. even they use the word nigga so it's it's hard to get it out of my my environment, my, you know, my universe, because that's, I, I think I'm, I think hip hop is part of what I am, because, you know, I was raised on it. But, um, yeah, I admire trying to, like, cleanse yourself a little bit of the word. It's hard. It's a hard experience. I mean, it's a hard process, but, yeah. I mean, so do you think the hip hop community has a responsibility to Oh, definitely. Definitely. But it's, it's, it's a work in progress, like they said, you know. You got the new cats coming out that's like, you know. You know, I don't give a f- about anything. Right. So they ain't they, they damn sure ain't gonna give a, a hell about saying the N word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it. I think it comes with growth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when when you're younger, you're a little more reckless and right. a little more open. You know, and so I mean, you even see that with rappers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the older that they get, you can tell the music kind of changes. changes you know, they kind of change up the way. I mean, Run DMC and that group are they're in concert tonight here. You know, mm-hmm. and. You see an older group, you know, you can tell the way they, they're coming at you totally different, you right. know, versus uh, when they were in their prime or when they were younger. And so I think, you know, it, it comes with growth. A lot of these rappers that are out now, we all know they're probably just going to fade away at some point. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't they don't they don't really have a lot of longevity uh, other than like your Drake always is and Big right. Shines and those guys, you know, they may be around out and for out and, and prominent for a while. Mm. A lot of these guys, I mean, they're, they're really. I think part of my problem is that is what that I see, and not just with rappers, but with the younger generation, is that there is no line in the sand that say I won't cross this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, there is no line. They're they're yeah. willing to do whatever it takes, uh, yep. say whatever they need to say in order to, Down I guess, make it or make some money. You mm-hmm. know, right? And I think that is really, you know the problem and then when you have white executives running um, a lot of these major record labels and companies then of course and they're telling you this is what sells Mm -hmm. this is why you don't hear Lupe Fiasco Mm -hmm. and and, um, um, Common and Nas on FM 98 or on 105.9 you know on the because that doesn't sell you know so much truth to that and I think that that this generation we are so disconnected from what 
our parents and grandparents had the experience with the word. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. you said, it's not overt anymore. Right. In many instances. So you may you see may somebody use the word negatively on a message board on Twitter. But you know that oh that's just a troll you know that's not got, affecting me personally. But it's them. not a troll. I mean yes, I mean most <laughs> like, of the times it is trolls. But yeah, there's cases where it's not. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now. It's called Everybody Lies, mm-hmm. and it's basically about how people lie on surveys, but they don't lie when they use Google. Mm-hmm. Like they're the most honest when they're looking into information about other people or themselves. Mm-hmm. And it was basically saying like during Obama's first um, inauguration speech nigger jokes shot up and other like and they in the uh the author like made it like it wasn't nigger it wasn't n-i-g-g-a it Mm. was n-i-g-g-e-r and like with other various forms like obama nigger family like the word nigger like shot up while obama was on tv so damn shame you know i and i um that's a good point i wanted to speak to what eric said about we we've lost in touch with what our grandparents went through Mm. i remember um my father's family is down south. Mm-hmm. That's where they originate from. Mm-hmm. And I went down to North Carolina um, not too recently. I want to say about like three or four years ago. And um, my um, my little cousin told me this experience. He's a 10-year-old. He says, he says, yeah, you know, we went to, um, you know, Mr. Vernbacker's lawn the other day. We was just walking. He said, you niggas get off my lawn. And he said, like, it was like a matter-of-fact thing. I said, like, he, he called you a nigger to your face? He uh, said, yeah, well, you know, there's racist crackers around here. He just said the word crack is like matter of fact. I'm like, wow. oh my goodness. He's 10? Yeah, man. Like 10 or 11. But I was like, damn, like, you know. I'm, I'm so, not going to North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, well, you need to, you need to just skewer, you need, you need to just skewer your information or experience about things to understand where everybody's really coming from. Right. You know, North Carolina, they, they still in that mindset. You know what I mean? It's not just hidden in subtle racism like West Coast racism. It's mm-hmm. like in your face. Blatant racism. I mean, but if you go further north here in Michigan, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. still yeah. No, it's I, understand bl- that. pretty blatant. Oh. Yeah, but I say Michigan is still the, the, one are, of the most segregated yeah, states in, Detroit, in the country. Yeah. You yeah. go most segregated city. up to the yeah. Upper Peninsula, they are not used to seeing black people. Mm. It's crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you, you know, we, you know, a couple of us went to stay. We had to ride through how. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had to ride through how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my dad didn't even like going to a gas station in Howard to get gas. Mm. We just got our gas real fast and just drove, sped off. <laughs> but you yeah, know what so. was funny? And I think that's why Charlottesville was such a, a awakening for this generation of kids and, and really for us, too. Because you can get so busy living life that you think, wait a minute. Mm. Racism is kind of dead. Like, right, you, right. I mean, because, you you know, you work with white people, you right. have white friends, you know, you might live in the suburbs, you yeah. go to white shopping malls. Mm-hmm. You could, it almost, you could almost think in your mind, if you don't see it every day and, be, and you're being called out every day, mm-hmm. you might have this illusion that, man, racism is dead. True. But kids saw if they watched the incidents in Charlottesville. Hopefully they saw that that's what our grandparents and stuff lived in mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think being able to empathize with that fact that, you know, racism still is out there and it affects people. I think that's the first step because I think um, even with the, the N-word, being able to if, if a white person is able to really see how the N-word affects a person, that would be able to step in their shoes and really see like, all right, you know, if I was a black person, I was called N-word every day. You know, how would that make me feel? But I think this just it's so easy to disconnect yourself from other people because they're different. You know, so I think the Charlottesville did really sort of get people a snapshot of all right, this really does exist in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so so for you all, um, looking at the issues of race, how would you say in the next maybe five or ten years, what can we do in order to ensure, at least in our own lives, um, that we can sort of like eradicate that? Because I know with me, I'm working with people from different backgrounds, different races, different religions, and I try to purposely, you know, try not to like play music or or, or, or say it or or have to be put in that situation where someone may have to um, use that word. And I know on college campuses it's hard because, you know, music, popular yeah, music out there is, you know, you got, you got like you say, you got the Kendricks who are using it, you got the J. Coles who use it. And so it's kind of hard to sort of hide people from that word. But what can you do? How can we impart the knowledge into those who are not black to show like, hey, man, this, is a, this ain't a good word. You can't use that. We have, for me, my, my opinion is on, I think that we have to stop using it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what we do, and that's and that's extremely hard. And going back to what you know, just like you know, when I was in college, you know, we were always like, and even now, um, we use the word around them, right? But we dare them not to say it, <laughs> you know. And then, and then, if they were around you long enough, they'd be like, "Do I have a ghetto pass? Can I? Like, no. Can right. I right. use that word? Right. I mean, well, you my boy, you know, I don't mean it like that." But right. and we like, no, nah, man, don't ever say that word. So what, I guess it, it it is hypocritical. It is, you know, and that's why I say it's so tough. It's such a tough word uh, to deal with. But I think that what we could do to answer your question is, again, educate younger, our younger generations coming up, Hmm. Um, just like they educated us coming up, you know. And, you know, our parents saw that it was a bad word. They grew up in that. They saw they were called that and they saw how negative it was and felt the emotions of how negative it was to be called that. So Hmm. they taught us not to use it. Yeah. Now, yes, as we grew older, we may have, you know, you embedded it in our our, uh, our speech. But yeah. at the same time, we still also understand the difference. Like you said, we know how to code switch. Right. <laughs> the problem is our kids, a lot of, and a lot of these generations, when I say our kids, I mean our, our down heart, heart urban kids yeah. that are in the hood. You know, they don't know what code switching is yeah, and they don't know how to. Sure turn it off and turn it on. And yeah. I think that's the main thing we have to do. We have to teach them that when you with your boys right. and y'all chilling in the crib, y'all playing 2K, then, hey, have fun, yeah, do your you thing. Do. But when you step out that house, right. you can't be walking through the mall and at the movie theater. Royal Oak. Is all no, yeah, Royal Oak walking and, and, and just sit doing your thing. Like, you got to know how to turn it on and turn it off. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, I, with that, it does become a reflection of, unfortunately, like an incident like that, where kids, group of kids, just having fun, going through a suburban neighborhood, that becomes a reflection of the whole community. They be like, "Oh, that's how they all are." Yeah, you know, it's just, and it's it's unfortunate that way. You know, and the kids, just, they need a place to have fun and just you know kick and and be themselves. But unfortunately, you can't do that all the time. Oh, I'm not of the belief that white people don't know the history of the word. So, oh, they know for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not, so it, the onus is not on me to to alter my behavior. The right. onus is on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I yeah. try not to say the word. Like I said, I go case by case basis. Um, I don't say the word unless you know you know I'm in a conversation with a person and it's like, all right, cool. But the onus is on them to not say the word. It's not on me to right. change. I believe it's a. Oh, go ahead. Were you about to say something? Oh, no. Oh, I was about to say, I think it's a question of empathy when it comes to white people knowing the history of the word and everything. Because, like, because this speaks to America itself. You know, 
when something went down in France, you know, it was a uh, pray for France, you know, mm-hmm. pray for Paris and all this. But when something goes down and, you know, um, and um, I think it was Syria, like, you know, it was, th- things were bad in Syria. I never saw a pray for Syria. I never saw a pray for Afghanistan, nothing like that. I just saw a pray for France and countries where stuff don't really go down that much at. And I think it's a, I think it's a case of empathy, you know. If, if most white people don't have empathy about the word, then they're not going to care if they say it or not, or they're not going to care if they insult somebody by saying it. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a case of empathy from my from my standpoint. Mm. It kind of reminds me of sort of how Western empathy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think over time, in terms of just race relations, we've become a little. Um, I don't, we, we try to, like, hide it a little bit. And I think I was watching a show it was with Archie Bunker, <laughs> all in the family. And I think there was uh, another show with. uh George Jefferson's and the Jefferson's. And so um, they were, it was like a collaborative show where the two, I guess it was, I think it might've been. They started off the Jefferson. Yeah. They started, they started off together. Off on on oh, all, in all in the family. family. Yeah. All the episodes on all in the family. I think it was all in the family. I was yeah, watching, had but it was crossovers. a, it was an episode where um, they were at this party and Archie was just rattling off some racist stuff. And um, George was throwing up, throwing back racist stuff as well. And it sort of was like, it was an interesting way that they sort of played off a of race back in that day. And I think they weren't afraid to say things. It did get them. In, I mean, nowadays it gets you in trouble, but back in the day they were, you know, they were quick with it. And so um, I'm not saying we need to, to be a little bit less sensitive because I think it's, it's a sensitive topic topic. And I think I hear it, what you're saying. Yeah. I think it, I think it's something that's definitely negative, but I think we're so sensitive to the point where we don't want to even talk about it. You have to talk you know, about it. And you, I, I hear what you're saying. I think through a device such as satire, you know, you can't kind of, you know, find a level ground. Like there's a there's an infamous Chevy Chase Richard Pryor skit on SNL where Chevy Chase calls Richard Pryor a nigger. And, you know, oh, Richard yeah, Pryor fires back at him, you know. And then, you know, you got the. um. Well, I forgot what else I was going to mention, but I say I think I think, yeah, through the use of satire, you can't find a um a level ground. Like I was going to mention Howard Stern and Petey Green, you know, mm-hmm. Petey Green uh, was like a um a controversial you know, a uh, pro-black um, uh, disc jockey. And, you know, Howard Stern is Howard Stern. You know, he says a lot of controversial things, and they had an episode together. And, yeah, you know, I, I think satire could be a device to bring a level ground. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah, yeah it, could, it could, but I, th- I think it has to be done in a a healthy way, and I think it has to right. be open to, um, you know, real discussion. Because I think if you do it in a, in a, in a way that satire, it should be done smart. Mm-hmm. And I think back in the day, they did it in a smart way. Um, but in terms of other like media platforms, I was looking at CNN. They actually had a, a whole you know, show about the N-word. And I think that they made the N-word seem as... They try to like dumb it down to the point where like they try to give the history of it. And it didn't seem really genuine, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think they just really they just wanted to cover the bases. Like, this is segment. Like, yeah, I mean, CNN, yeah. it's a CNN segment. And I think that... Um, Yes, there needs to be some type of discussion, but I think they did in, in a terrible way. And I think it starts with education and it starts in, you know, educating as parents, educating our kids, letting them know, like, all right, like my mom said, don't use the word because it's, it's a bad word. Um, but parents aren't always as involved as they should be. And so it goes back to our first couple of episodes. We talked about parenting. Experience. No, I was saying I had a split experience um, mm-hmm. growing up, you know, because like, um, you know, my mom would say, you know, Anthony, do not say that word, mm-hmm. you know. And my dad, you know, sometimes it, it would be like a joke between us, like what Marquise was saying. It's like when you're by yourself and you're with your boys, you know, my dad sometimes, you know, 
he was like my homeboy, you know, because you know it's like it's like like man talk. Right. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna tell mama you did that. He's like, man, nigga, please, you know, like <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like a joke between us, you know. But right. I would never carry that outside of our conversations. So it was kind of like a split experience growing up. He knew it was bad for me to say that, and he kind of made that clear to me. But when it was just us alone, it was levity brought into it, you know. Okay. And so I know Chelsea, Chelsea you're comfortable using the word. So um, <laughs> give a little insight on you. Um, what you mean? In terms of using like, the word, like, how, were you, was this something like in your household that it was okay to use? Was... Well, no, <laughs> not exactly. Well. My dad didn't curse at all. Like, he didn't use any of those words. But my mom did, and her side of the family did, and I spent a lot of time with them. So Mm -hmm. it was, like, the norm. And we listened to rap music, and we watched those types of shows that they use it. So it was, like, um, desensitized to to a certain extent. But then as I was learning in school— being as I went <laughs> to black schools mm-hmm. where it's not necessarily that they outlined everything about racism in mm-hmm. the textbooks. So, but you know, you have black teachers and they teach you, okay, so it's deeper than this. We're mm-hmm. going to watch this film. We're yeah. going to talk about yep. experiences, talk to your grandparents, write a report on it. So we learned the history for mm-hmm. sure. But just like, I don't necessarily know that like white kids growing up actually know the full history. I don't think that their parents and their grandparents are telling them mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I think that they know that it means less than. Yeah. 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 I don't think yeah, growing totally, up. Yeah, I don't totally think growing up they know about it. You know that that that's that's. I don't um, think they really know until they meet other black people. Right. right. No, I, I think they, they know, know that it means <laughs> they may not know the history of the word, but it means that they know that it means less than me, less than yeah. white people. I, I mean, think that they do know that. But if I never had to interact with someone from a different race or culture, I wouldn't really like take it upon myself to do the research. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, all right, if they say it's bad and it must be bad. Exactly. Like you know, it's the same thing with um, you know. Arab and saying you know a rap yeah. like I was told mm-hmm. by you know actually a Arabian, Arabian person like hey you know a rap is bad we don't like that I said oh okay you know so I stopped saying it you know and I sometimes you hear people in your family say it. I say hey ma that's not the right correct pronunciation mm-hmm. well I mean why is it offensive and you go back to the same thing what black people saying well why can't I say it you know yeah. so it's 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 a it's a kind of a never ending cycle in a way yeah I mean do you think and I personally feel like. We are becoming desensitized to a lot of this stuff. I think, um, again, it goes back to having 24-hour you know, news and, and, and social media every single where we go. Mm-hmm. I think we see it so much, we just sort of build this this wall. Like, oh, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. I mean, do you think it's, it's true within it? And you- again, I, I, <laughs> it, it seems like it's just like the underlying thing with everything that we talk about uh, every other week. Parents. Parenting. Parents, yeah. I mean, the parent has to be the one who stands in the gap and mm-hmm. say, and, and tells you what's right from what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're going to watch stuff and be fed things all throughout your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you always, uh, you, your core set of values come from your parents, come from your parents and come from your upbringing. And that's what helps you to understand that, okay, when I'm with my boys, we might be a group of niggas hanging out playing 2K. Mm-hmm. But when I leave out of hit this house, I'm not, we don't act like that. You know, especially when we're in certain forms, we don't, we don't portray ourselves like that. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me challenge you for a second. What if, what if the parents can't help? What if the parents, that, 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 that option that, is out of, out of that order? And, and I, and of course, you know, I've seen that on a regular basis right, uh, right. where the uh, parent is not 
because the parent is dysfunctional, you know, in a lot of ways. I think that's where our schools have to step in. You know, that's where the educational process has to step in. Um, When you go to school, you learn things that help reinforce what your parents are teaching. You know, when your parents tell you, well, that's a bad word. You know, it has a bad history to it. You go to school, you go to African-American history, and you find out, wow. Mm-hmm. They would call us that before they killed us, you know, so you don't right. want to use that. You know, this is why we don't use that type of word. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there has to be other um, people and, th- and groups and um, that step up and uh, help in that effort, even at church. I mean, like I said before, you know, um, there are, it's more than 2000 churches in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and they got to step up. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to step up. The, the 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 offering plate is moving every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to start taking maybe some of those dollars and, and having classes like this in, in church. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, and I grew up in church my entire life. We didn't have conversations like this in church. Yeah. We just didn't even tell you went to Sunday school and you were given a little message and you went to church, you know, and you went home. But more conversations like this need to be had in the church, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because people need to know and understand. Kids need to know and understand the history and the origin of where they come from. And the tools are out there. Um, I go, I take my daughter to the library twice a week, mm-hmm. and there are children's books pretty much on everything. Um, we um, There's a children's book on Ida B. Wells. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a journalist from yeah. the late 1800s that reported on lynchings. And then we had a conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to understanding parenting. history. Yeah, parenting and understanding parenting. history. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, all kids should go to Charles H. Wright Museum. You know, oh, when I went to D.C., I went to National When they're African a certain American. age, my, my baby wants that foot in that museum anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was in D.C., I went to the National African American Museum, and it just really opened your eyes to, you know, the struggles we've been through um, and where we've, we're going in the future. And so, and that's sort of, and to, to go off on a little tangent, it sort of reminds me of, um, What's going on with the the Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick situation and the, the individuals kneeling for the um, American flag? Mm-hmm. That we so we seem so divided in this country that we can't empathize with another group because we sort of hang on to something that's more like some some uh, symbolic mm-hmm. uh, symbol of of um, what America is. And so even with the national flag, they're like, oh, you can't you can't you can't kneel during national anthem. This is the this symbolizes America exactly. And just you know the whole fallout with you know. Michael Vick and other players not supporting him, you know, that brings in the other term. And I'm not calling them this, but, you know, that brings in the other term, coon. Yeah. That, you know, we we use that among towards other black people. Right. You know, that's that self-hate thing again. Right. Or that yes. self-criticism. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But, you know, if you hear a white person say that, then it's, it's all over. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? You know, it, it, yeah. it, it is complex because, you know, I believe they should stand by Colin Kaepernick. Is that yep. Colin Colin. Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick? Colin. 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 Okay. Yeah, because, you know, it's like Michael Vick. I even look at someone like him. I'm like, hey, man, you were scrutinized against when you went through your whole little yeah. um, dog case thing. They stood behind you. <laughs> right. You know, the BET gave you a show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just baffled by that whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole other topic, man, the, the, the term coon. Um, I mean, just as divisive, and we use it a lot in the black community to sort of describe blacks who don't meet the standard of of, of blackness and sometimes we use it too freely and it can be very you know emotionally painful to another black person mm-hmm. like yes. if you, that's like that's a trump card insult you yeah. don't just throw the word cool around e- so easily at least in my opinion i don't think that's mm-hmm. word should be thrown around at all yeah but, i yeah, agree yeah. yeah 
most yeah. black people do get offended yeah. when you call them a cuss. Exactly. Right. When you, you take that word, you think about the spat that uh, Spike Lee had with Tyler Perry. Exactly. Know, a few years back about the the uh, whole coonery and buffoonery. You know, Spike Lee saying that Tyler Perry put out, he didn't put out movies and uh, none of his work was to uplift black uh, people. It was, you know, to make fun of, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, I guess you know that that could bring another question in as to what is too much, mm. and where where is the line? You know, where are we going too far? Well, I mean that's that's complex within itself because I feel like Tyler Perry's his earlier films, even his films nowadays, they were made for black women. Like mm. they, he made a film called Fuck Color Girls. You know what I mean? Right. So I think what Spike Lee said, I think he could he he should have fell back on that, but he said a lot of things throughout his career that you know we kind of shake his head at. Mm. But you know he's a legend, so we don't scrutinize him too much. But, you know, I think, like, you know, that that was a misguided statement. I think he did cross the line when he said buffoonery, you yeah. know, because that – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but I I think I could see his point, though, because if you look at the, the early, like, uh, cinemas and they show black people as over-exaggerated caricatures, and I think Tyler Perry does do that in, in many cases in terms of his uh, – He uh, does that to the point where when he plays a man, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Right, but you, I mean, even, but even but when you look at our TV shows, I mean, um, you know, we grew up. I know I grew up watching the Cosby's, yeah. A Different World. We watched, um, um, uh, what's the other one? Family Matters. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, yeah. um, some people thought that Family Matters was more coonery and buffoonery versus a Cosby show that yeah. was, you know, too educated, a doctor, a, di- a, a, a doctor and a lawyer, you know, mm-hmm. raising parents, I mean, raising kids and kids going off to college. and Because Urkel was nerdy? <laughs> like, I like, mean, I'm not, I'm, that's not my personal. No, no, I know, I know. I know that I it know. was looked at as, you know, coonery mm-hmm. and buffoonery, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So there is self-hate on, mm-hmm. on our side, too. Mm-hmm. But I guess my, my question in, is... At what? Where do we draw the line in the sand with anything, and say, yeah. you know what, no, we're going a little too far. I mean, I think that line is very blurred now. It is, you know, it is. It's like you can't win, man. You they're can't more, win nowadays. They're more um, focused on making things that everybody can relate to. Everybody will relate to something different. So mm. it's really hard to say what's crossing the line because yeah. for a lot of people, they're like, "That's not my life. I can't relate to the Cosby's. I don't have a life like that." Mm. You know what I'm saying? But they so. can relate to something like good times. You know what I mean? Right. They could relate to good times. Like you know, I know people that relate to Tyler Perry and say, hey, man, I love his films. You yeah. know, I, I even knew a white friend of mine that said, man, I love Madea, man. I think she's <laughs> hilarious, dude. I never looked at it that way, you know. Mm. Uh, and I, and I, I, I totally agree. I just, I guess when I, when I, even when I look back at good times, one of my favorite shows, when do you ever get out the hood? There's, there's no. never. When do, when, I mean, as a show, like it's a depressing when do, show. When do we, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it shows them, you know, growing and and living in in the, where they are in their environment. Mm-hmm. But it never shows the the triumph. You know, the Jeffersons they moving on up. Right. You know, the beginning of the show started in the shack. They ended up. In, in living in a nice apartment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not reality for most of Black America. Like I, I'm not a big fan of good times, <laughs> yeah. but like most Black people, most Black families aren't upwardly mobile. Mm. I know you know somebody whose whole family been in the hood forever, <laughs> yeah, still in yeah. the hood, and <laughs> yeah. the kids. You looking at the kids, and it's like they don't want to get out the hood, or they can't get out the hood because they don't. They just don't have the money right. to. And, and when, but I'm saying, at what point do 
we use uh, shows and things of that sort to uh, teach them or show them that you can aspire to do more. Mm. We're going to leave it there. Uh, this is a great discussion. Uh, we're going to continue to have discussions like this every week. Um, you know, make sure you follow us on uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is unofficial. Can we talk? Instagram is uh, CTW underscore podcast. And thank you all again. Appreciate it.